Partnerships are very fucking powerful, man. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Hey everyone, just a quick heads up that we're giving away a ebook called 29 Growth Hacking Quick Wins. We co-authored this book with Matan Griffel of One Month, and it'll give you a solid base on where you can create growth ideas from. So all you need to do is text QUICK TIPS to 33444. That's the word QUICK, Q-U-I-C-K, and TIPS, T-I-P-S as in sugar, to 33444, and you get instant access. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs and bring you business and personal growth tips. Today, we have Nathan Chan, who's the founder of Founder Magazine, which is a digital magazine that features entrepreneurs such as Richard Branson, Tim Ferriss, Barbara Corcoran, and much more. Nathan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Eric. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for being on the show. So why don't you start off by telling, telling us a little bit about yourself, and I'll go from there. Yeah, uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. So pretty much uh, I run a company. It's a, it started off as a magazine. And it's called Founder Magazine. It's Founder No E. It's a little bit tech. And it started off as, a, as just a digital publication targeting young entrepreneurs and early stage startup founders. And it's uh, on the App Store and the Google Play Store for mobile and tablet devices. And yeah, it started off as a magazine and now we've kind of gone off to do all sorts of things. We run a podcast, we're, we're building quite a big platform, uh, especially on social and then also across other channels as well. And uh, what we're trying to do with it is really show people what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur from the eyes of somebody that's never started a business before and I'm kind of just figuring it out <laughs> all the way. Uh, when I first started, I never knew anything about apps, uh, publishing, uh, marketing, you name it, anything about running a business and I, and I guess uh, Founder is, is essentially a, a reflection of all of my findings and uh, yeah, man, that's for the most part what we do and, and uh, a little bit about Founder. Awesome. So, you know, two and a half years ago, I mean, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, you know, I need to make the next hot app. And then, um, you know, you've decided to go in the direction of, you know, doing a magazine, a digital magazine. So um, I guess the question is, why a magazine and what is the ultimate goal of Founder? So I guess I didn't, I wasn't like super strategic about it in the sense that I thought, that this was going to be a really hot app. I just thought that I knew that there was a, a opportunity in the space because, you know, you look at Forbes, you look at Fast Company, you look at Entrepreneur Magazine, um, HBR, a lot of these publications uh, assume that uh, you already have started a business. So I felt that there was a opportunity there and 
You know what, man? When I started Founder, I started it on the side. Like I know, I know a lot of people might not think you should do this, or they probably wouldn't imagine doing this. But I just started Founder on the side. I've bootstrapped it from the ground up. I started it with like three thousand dollars while I was working my day job. I built it up, and it took me about a year till I could replace my income. And thinking back, it was growing so slow back then, and it was just like. You know, I'm just going to try this thing. I think there's something here. I've always wanted to become an entrepreneur. Let's just see where it goes. And um, I just wanted to see where it went. Like I even remember saying to myself, I treated it as a passion project. And I said, let's see how it goes after a year. If it doesn't go anywhere, I'm going to quit. I'll just do something else or whatever. I just started because I, I wanted to do something else I because I, I was really passionate about marketing. Marketing is a big passion passion piece of mine. And yeah, I just uh, – I thought that, that there was a need for, for this kind of publication and I thought that, you know, print is dying and I thought I could do something cool, something different and that something that could really make a dent in the publishing world and then – after that, after about six months, I was like, yep, I'm on to something. Um, and then, uh, you know, what we're looking at doing now is becoming a multifaceted media brand. And uh, I'm really, really excited. So I never thought that we'd move into this space, um, but it's just something that our community is asking for. Like we're doing training products like courses. So we've got Founder on the front end and then we're having building up courses on the back end. And then another thing I never thought about but where we're really taking it is we're looking to monetize in other ways, not just through subscriptions, obviously through the back end, but then also I'm looking at doing some events in the next couple of years. And I think uh, also the magazines, uh, it's paid. So it's a paid subscription model. So what's interesting is a lot of people, you know, Giga Arm, all these big-time publishers are struggling and we haven't ever had a problem to get people to pay for our content. We've always grown our subscription base and we've got that up to six figures now and uh, we've bootstrapped it from the ground up and we're a profitable six-figure business. But what is really interesting is I'm thinking of making it free because I've worked out a few things. One, if we're truly going to p- compete and make a massive impact in the publishing world and get not just, you know, we've got 20,000 monthly readers, but get hundreds of thousands of monthly readers and then millions of monthly readers, I think it needs to be free. And another thing is I think, so in terms of impact, it matters much, much more now. And I think also in terms of leads, like, I've realized that a lead is worth much more to us now than, yeah, just getting someone to pay for the subscription. So that's where I'm taking it. And I guess in the next three to five years, I want it to take it to, you know, becoming an eight-figure company impacting the lives of tens of millions of people. Awesome, man. So, you know, it's only been around for what, two and a half years and you've managed to get guys like Richard Branson onto the magazine. I mean, how do you, you know, what's the process for, for, for doing that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and it's something that, uh, 
I guess when you're on the outside, it's like, wow, you know, these guys are interviewing Richard Branson, Seth Godin, you know, we've got so many big time influences, even more coming. And when you have a magazine, it's actually not that difficult because I think that's the really powerful thing about a magazine. It allows you to position yourself as an authority. And with Richard Branson, that was that was the biggest win that we had, man. Like that was issue number eight. So I remember when I first started, no one would speak to me. I uh, couldn't even get a successful person on the first issue of the front cover. I I had a stock image. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, with Richard, I I uh, tracked down his head of PR, and instead of emailing her, I made a phone call. This is an important one, guys. You have to. I think pitching on the phone is so much more uh, like people take you so much more seriously. And, you know, I just uh, found his head of PR. That's, that's the trick. So any of these people that I find, I've found the, that I've, that I've interviewed and, and put on the front cover of the magazine or put in the podcast, it's all about finding the gatekeeper and pitching them. And then from there, you know, play. I played on the fact that uh, Richard's first business venture was a magazine, and then, you know, we just took it from there. It was an email interview, and we just went up and back. Um, and you know, got the got. I worked with his team in uh, at Virgin, and um, yeah, the rest is really history. And then we've really been able to springboard off having Sir Richard on the front cover of Social Proof, and then we kind of just worked with more and more influencers, and now. To be honest, it's really not a problem being able to interview anyone. Like, we'll pitch anyone, man. Like, even, you know, Mark Cuban, Elon Musk. There's all sorts of people that we're trying to track down. And uh, we'll eventually get there. It's all about persistence. It's all about finding the gatekeeper. And also a good tip is to find the publishers. So if you, or you need to find out what that person wants. So does that person have a new book coming out or a TV show? You know, that's how we got in touch with Tim Ferriss and you know you need to also yeah have relationships with not only the publishers uh, the PR people at these publishing houses like Random House and some of these other big ones but also a lot of these startups like you know Airbnb, Dropbox, um, all the big startups they'll have relationships with PR companies that they pay like you know five or ten K a week to go out and get them press so you need to find them and you need to f- tell these PR companies that you have an, a decent sized audience and you can get, you can, you can, you know, give press because that makes these guys look good. And if you play on all of those things, you can really, uh, I guess, hack the authority out of whatever you're doing if you're looking to get in touch with hard to reach people. Awesome. So do you think, you know, one of your key takeaways here, at least what I'm, what I'm hearing is that once you get, you know, you, you follow up through, you follow up a ton. There's a lot of persistence. Once you get the, the marquee guy, it's a lot easier to get follow up quote unquote celebrities after that. Right. Yeah. 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 Because like you just have a really good email and you use that proof. Like, you know, our email when we're, if we're pitching or, or up on the phone, it's literally like, you know, uh, you know, hi, my name's Nathan Chan. I'm the publisher of a digital magazine. We're one of the top 10 business ranked magazines in the app store. Uh, we have 20,000 monthly readers on the magazine. We can feature it in the podcast. We've got these social channels and this is our reach. 
and we've featured Richard Branson, Seth Godin, Barbara Corcoran. I've attached a front cover interview, and this is what it would look like. You know, and and the magazine's like really well designed, and then we just yeah, that that seems to work really well. It's just kind of like using all the elements of influence uh, that book by Robert Cialdini, like social proof and authority and and stuff like that. It's really really powerful. Yeah, so maybe the hack here, you know, people are talking about getting back into podcasting, but they're you know it's already a pretty saturated world, but. You know, talking about doing an actual magazine that takes a lot of time and effort. Um, and really, I mean, you're kind of creating a moat for yourself. Maybe the solution is to do something that other people aren't willing to do, which is why people are so into, you know, being on your magazine in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, I, I knew that podcasting was getting hot about two and a half years ago. And I thought that this would be a cool alternative. Mm. So our podcast, you know, I, I, when I started the magazine, dude, I honestly thought I was going to become a millionaire. Like you said, the next <laughs> hot app. And but then I realized it's like so much more than that. Like if you want to become a millionaire, it comes down to the impact you're making. And then also, you know, it's all about the, the, the email list and, and all these other things. But for the most part, you know, it's, it's, it's been a really smart play and it's worked out really, really well because you know, I've just, just been super consistent with just shipping the monthly magazine every single month. And, uh, you know, we get more and more users, more and more readers, more and more people that are finding out about us, coming onto our database. And, you know, we're helping more and more people. Awesome. It's fantastic, man. Really exciting stuff. And yeah, I, I've been, you know, following your growth and it's been super impressive. So one thing I really want to talk about is your Instagram account. So you're nearing close to 300,000 Instagram followers. Tell us the story about how you went from zero to 300,000 Instagram followers. Yeah, sure, man. I'd love to. So Instagram, we started about 10 or 11 months ago. It's around 10 months ago. So we, I, I started our Instagram account in November last year. And that that channel has been a massive growth channel, man. Like I know you like to talk about growth. Now that channel has been an absolute game changer, dude. Like that's really helped put founder on the map. And the reason is, is because I first started it because I was bringing on an intern to help me. And uh, I was like, you know what? I, I need someone to to help run this Instagram account because we weren't really doing anything with it. And I had a few friends that were like killing it on Instagram. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they're in the they're in the health and wellness kind of not wellness, but the health niche. And they were selling you know all sorts of other health related products. Yeah, I had a few friends that were killing it on Instagram. And long story short, um, you know, I was going to brief my intern around how to use Instagram and I did a couple of posts and I saw our sales spike in Google Analytics and I just posted like five times like over you know 15 minutes and I was like Ooh, we're onto something here and I was the thing with Instagram is you can only have the you know one bio link and I had the magazine and that was like you know when you talk about customer acquisition that was that that channel is a match made in heaven if you have apps because all I did was I put 
the magazine's link for on iTunes and so many people are clicking through because one, you can only look at like only people only look at Instagram when they're on their phone. So, you know, perfect fit for founder. And then I posted like a couple of business related quotes. And then anyone that likes these quotes were like, would love founder. And a lot of people were clicking through. So I can't remember the exact metrics around it, but I saw a big spike in sales, you know, like, going, you know, we, we made an extra like 500 to to $1,000 just from making those few posts. And I was like, whoa, we're onto something here. So I remember, and this is where it gets interesting, I remember that, I remember that like three to four months back, a guy contacted me saying, oh, hey, look, I've got an Instagram account, it's 20,000 followers I know, like, I'm a reader, a founder. I love it. I can get you more readers. Let me post about it. And I remember we posted about it, and it was a fail. And and like, I, I tracked it, and I didn't get any. I didn't see any spike or increase to his twenty thousand readers. And he just posted like about the Richard Branson issue. And the reason it was a fail was because when we did the call to action. It was like go to foundermag.com forward slash iTunes or Android in the caption. And on Instagram, it's very difficult to get people to do something apart from clicking the link in your bio. If you want them to go outside of the platform, the best thing to do is get people to click on the link in your bio or follow you. You tell that person to follow you. And, uh, you know, I from there... I I saw that that guy his account was you know eighty thousand and I contacted him I said man I, I you know because he told me he was from Melbourne and we actually caught up and and I said man how are you doing this and then from there it's kind of been a path for of just learning at, learning how to rapidly build an Instagram account and we've kind of changed you know for for the first few months I was pushing to the magazine but then I realized that. Uh, you know, the traffic was more powerful if I push people to a, a landing page and I could capture them uh, for a lot longer and, you know, hit hit that person and, and speak to them at multiple touch points if we get them on our email list. And uh, that's been super, super powerful. Uh, you know, we, we generate at least 30,000 clicks a month just to one landing page. doesn't really cost us anything. And you know I'm generating at least at least ten thousand opt-ins a month now. Wow, ten thousand opt-ins from your Instagram account—that's insane. Yeah, man, I'm only getting warmed up. Like it's super targeted. Um, you know, I, I send people a how to start a business guide. But as I said, I've only like I don't really pay anyone, um, and that's all organic. So I'm going to make some big moves in the next couple of months where I will drop, you know, uh, uh, quite a bit of advertising dollars, but I'll also um, pretty much, I I have networks with all these other business related accounts that, yeah, man, like I I think we should be able to do at least 20 to 30,000 opt-ins in a month, but uh, we'll see how we go. Wow. Okay. It's incredible. So the, I I guess, what are, you know, what are some of the top tactics you can share that really helped grow your Instagram account? I I know, you know, some of them you actually told me about, but uh, we'll love the audience to know. Yeah. So the first one has got to be consistency. Since I've started in November, I've only missed one day like that I haven't posted. Otherwise, every day we've posted. And the most frustrating thing is, 
you know, from the day from from I don't know when this is going live, but literally yesterday and the day before, Hootsuite announced um, that they were doing mm. scheduling for <clears throat> Instagram. It's all bullshit, man. Like Hootsuite, you cannot schedule on Instagram. You still have you still get a notification on your phone, and you have to approve that notification. It's the exact same as a tool called Latergram, which I highly recommend for scheduling. So that's the most frustrating thing. You can only post from your phone and you can't really schedule. Um, so I've had to post every single day. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, it might sound a little bit stupid. Like people always say, you know, Nathan, why do you spend so much time on Instagram? Like we spend anywhere between half an hour to two hours, I do, a day. Not two hours a day anymore. For me, it's about half an hour. But in the early days, I was spending a couple of hours a day. And the reason is, is it's not something that I can hand over to someone in my team just yet because we've got so many core relationships in place that, you know, are, are really, really key that I, I manage I because it's a lot of it's business development. So the first thing... To answer your question, the first piece of the puzzle is to be extremely consistent. We haven't missed a day. I've missed one day of posting. But apart from that, every single day I've posted. And then the next thing is to post frequently. We post anywhere between four to eight times a day, depending on just my schedule and stuff, where I'm at. Um, the, the next piece of that puzzle, because... The more you post, the faster you grow. The next piece of that puzzle is to have brilliant images. And you want that design of those images to be so good that people want to share them. They want to screenshot them and get people to share them around. And then when people are sharing them around, make sure that you're you're watermarking all of those images because now like so many people – if they're not, you know, on our email list or they're not, they don't know about founder, like they would have heard about it or seen because there's so many images, you know, hundreds of thousands of people have, have shared our images uh, with the founder branding and they're just all quotes, man, or startup facts and tips. And I know that it might sound a little bit weird, but this quote thing, it's uh, very, very powerful in terms of people just love sharing quotes. They love tagging in their friends. They love just liking them. And from there, that's uh, really, and, and the content's really good and it's branded content. And then, you know, another piece of the puzzle is hashtags. You have to always make sure that you're maxing out your hashtags and make sure you post hashtags related to your niche. You can, uh, a quick little tip and hack for people, a quick win is I promise you if you post 30 hashtags, um, once you've posted an image, so you write it in the comments, don't write it as the caption, that if you post 30 hashtags as opposed to two, um, after you've posted one image and then post another image, you'll notice the difference in engagement because, you know, that's just a quick little win. And then another big piece of the puzzle, man, and something that we've, kind of gone up and back with a bit is, and this is the biggest growth hack out there, is on Instagram, you want to get other accounts to share your stuff and you share their stuff. And from there, you can build a following quite rapidly and you can drive a lot of eyeballs to your page. And then I guess 
you know, the next thing is what do you do with all these followers? Well, you tell them about whatever your offer is or whatever your lead magnet is. That's really, really important. You don't get the sale if you don't ask for it. Don't get me wrong. Organically, we still get a lot of clicks. But if I don't post an image about our special guide or whatever that we have going on that you can click through to in our bio, um, people won't click on it, which is quite kind of amazing. Uh, you would think that if you have a link for people to click on and they follow your account and they love what you do, that they'll click on it. They don't. They really don't. So that is some great stuff that people can start with. Okay. Now, the share for share, I mean, I know you've you've kind of built it up organically. You've done a lot of business development, but I also understand that there's people that you can actually pay. So do you have any input on paid versus organic share for shares? Yeah, so I think what it comes down to is thinking every see thinking about this stuff as like a partnership. Like you want to know a secret hack on how to grow your periscope and I haven't even you know, I haven't even started on Periscope, but I think that's an amazing, it's going to be an amazing channel. Um, but on Periscope, you can share someone else's feed. If you went, if you had like, you know, 10 friends and you all, you all have similar type followings on Periscope, or even if you don't, it doesn't really matter. Everyone, a lot of people only have a few thousand followers. What you can do is you can just get like once a week or whatever across all those 10 people, get each other to share each other's feed and that will grow your periscope followers massively that's all we're doing with instagram so you know this partnership stuff it's 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 really happened since the test of time where you see so many companies pairing up and be like oh hey i'll promote your stuff to my audience and and you promote mine and it's the exact same thing you can do it on all social media channels just no one's ever done it and instagram has been the eye opener for me that you can do it. Like partnerships are very fucking powerful, man. And I think it depends on your goals with the account. Like if you're bootstrapping and you don't want to pay, you can definitely grow it without paying. But for us now, you know, we we're trying to find leverage however we can. So you know, I've got a I've got a big budget set aside that I'm prepared to pay certain accounts because I know our metrics, I know our numbers, and I just want to explode Instagram with our lead magnets and really put, put a ton of people through a funnel that was just set up. So it just depends really. Like I've got a friend, uh, one of my friends, Daniel DiPiazza at Rich 20-something. He's generated oh, at least – off Instagram, at least $50,000 of product, of selling at least $50,000 of product in a couple of months. And he's, do, he's, but he's doing a lot of paid stuff and, but he's built it up to, you know, a hundred thousand followers. And it's a fast way to grow your account. It's a fast way to grow your authority. It's a fast way to really, really build your list. And, you know, um, it just depends on how fast you want to grow it. It depends on, you know, where you're at with your business and and if you want to pay you can do it but it's going to be a lot slower if you don't pay um and you just have to treat it like any channel that you're investing in or or any marketing experiment you just got to do the numbers right like you know you need to know how much of a, a customer costs to put them through any funnel or, or whatever you have going on and and start doing some tests and if and if the numbers weigh up 
you know, it makes sense. I interviewed a company called Frank Body, and they're on track to do twenty million in sales, and it's mainly through Instagram. And they're paying so many people; it's out of control, man. But then they also send a lot, like they're an e-commerce coffee scrub product, and what they do is they give away a lot of samples to influencers, and they get those influencers. You know, it doesn't the influencers might charge them or they might not, but they're just getting you know every day they've got like ten people just posting to you know seventy thousand or a hundred thousand or two hundred or three hundred thousand people about their product, and I think it's just it's it's a very very lucrative channel. Um, but yeah, it depends on the numbers really to answer your question. Wow. Okay. So hold on. You just said uh, there's a company that makes a, a lot of its revenues from Instagram at twenty million dollars a year, right? Yeah, okay. on track. All right. Yeah. So, and then I, I'm looking at another one. I'm, I'm staring at my Instagram. I mean, Flavor God. I know they do like, uh, they, you know, they, I think they do a million dollars a month, um, just off Instagram. So, I mean, it, it, clearly, it's it's great for consumers. Um, so I guess my question to you, you know, if, let's say I'm Salesforce and I'm I'm selling enterprise software. Does it make sense? I mean, have you seen anybody doing Instagram well and having it translate into the enterprise? Yeah, that's a really good question. And uh, I've had a couple of people ask me if they if I think it'll work for like enterprise or you know if you run a SaaS or something like that. And I think Shopify is doing it really well, um, which is really interesting. And I've seen that they are actually they actually pay some influencers in the business niche. Um, so it just depends, really. Uh, Salesforce, yeah, I think Salesforce could make it work for sure. It just comes down to connecting with your kind of audience and, and posting content that connects with them. Um, you know, I had a friend who said he, he had a, who, um, he posted for a friend that sells Ferraris. He did one post and he got that person a lead that sold a Ferrari. You know, you wouldn't think that that kind of stuff's possible because people say, you know, Instagram's just for young people and, and whatever. But, Man, you know, if someone could sell a Ferrari off one post, you would think that there's, you know, something there for most industries, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's all about where the, the people are hanging out. I think it's about finding the right people. So I guess my, this leads into my next question. Uh, how do you go about finding these power accounts that are relevant to you? So... I think there's a few little hacks. I'll give you one. Um, it's it's quite a good one, actually. So if you type in, hold on, let me find it exactly word for word because I want to get this right. Give me one second. Sure. But what this hack does is is on Google, you can actually use Instagram's uh, search functionality to find high trafficked accounts just give me a second okay so what you can do is if you go into google and type in url semicolon instagram.com and then space whatever kind of followers you're looking for you can find a lot of influential accounts so if you type in in you go to google you go just type in in url semicolon instagram.com entrepreneur followers and always have followers at the end entrepreneur followers weight loss followers health followers um, active wear followers it'll it'll um, 
it'll show you the top accounts. Now, I, I'm not very good with the code and all that stuff, but that works. That's a great way to start off finding these high traffic accounts. I guess another way to do it is start looking around, like, you know, look under like whatever your niche is hashtags and find, um, find these images that are getting a lot of engagement and then tracking it back to find, you know, a big account. Um, you know, the thing is you should know who the influencers are in your niche so you can find, you know, what they're doing on Instagram and then you can also see, I guess, what people are posting through the hashtags and then also just just looking around. It doesn't take that long to look around to find, you know, these top uh, accounts that do these paid shout-outs and you know if they're doing paid shout-outs or anything of the sort, if they have their kick kik which is a messaging service or their email in their bio mm. okay that's awesome so that so there's so there's some good hacks to to start off with and and i guess it's all about um finding like-minded accounts that are a similar size following to you or finding where you can have that leverage so you know it's all about leverage man i I get people to do all sorts of things that you couldn't imagine. Like I get people to make images for me as long as I shout them out. You know, we've got deals where they they create 10 images from me because they've got an epic graphic designer and I shout them out five times and they do that. They send me 10 images once every couple of weeks. So yeah, dude, like um, I, I'm always trying to find leverage with our Instagram account. That's a great way to get interviews. You know, I can say, you know, that, that adds weight to that. You know, you can do all sorts of things and find that leverage. And that, and that's like any good partnership, you always have to find a mutually beneficial exchange in value. You know, you've got a high traffic podcast, man. If there's someone killing it, I'm sure you could work out something, you know, um, you just got to always try and find that leverage. It it does take a little while to invest in the platform, but you know, like when it comes to marketing, man, you just got to throw things at the wall, see what sticks. And you know, we've we've found so much growth in this channel. We'll spend a lot of time there. We'll invest a lot of time, and we're gonna really, really like from that from that channel alone. We should build at least a hundred thousand database just from that channel in in a year easily. Wow. How long did it take you to get from zero to 300,000? 10 months. So I've been doing it since November. Wow. Okay. Incredible. Yeah. You know, you're, the, the hack that you just gave us, I mean, just, you know, typing that in URL, Instagram, I just search entrepreneur and look at the tags right now. A lot of these people are relevant and yeah, I'm seeing the kick uh, messaging, uh, you know, pop up for a lot of these people. So very helpful. I think, you know, no matter what niche you're in, uh, health and wellness, even try, you can try enterprise software. Um, it, you know, it's, it's got to work. I think you just have to try it. Um, mm. Okay. So, you know, obviously, I mean, you have a lot of good looking images. I, I think that, you know, I found you originally through Instagram. So it just shows that, you know, your stuff's working, but how oh, really well, yeah, that's how I found you. Um, organically I thought you found us. I thought you found us actually through a blog post I wrote because uh-uh. you signed up, you no. signed up to our, um, one of our cheat sheets. Yeah. I signed up for a cheat sheet, but I think I found you, I was looking at Instagram first. I was like, okay, I saw one of your things that, I, you know, impressions just kept popping up. I was like, okay, what's going on here? So then I clicked through and I think I downloaded I was like, oh, this Instagram thing, this cheat sheet's relevant to me. So I downloaded it. So that's how it happened. Ah, yep. gotcha. Yep. 
So, you know, my question here is, um, you know, you have a lot of consistent content. So first of all, you know, uh, do you have an outside designer helping you with this stuff? I mean, how does that whole process work where you're, you're just pumping out really good looking images? That's a really great question. So I don't have a designer doing it. You can actually do it yourself or you can train someone up in your team and they don't even have to know design. That's the best part. Mm, tell me more. Um, <laughs> so there's some tools that I highly recommend. These are apps. And believe it or not, you the apps on your phone that you can use to create beautifully looking images really easily. So some of those images you will see that we post, you know, I, I already mentioned that one partnership we have around leverage. But for the most part, all the images are done by my uh, uh, VA in the Philippines. And I'll tell you the process. So she has access to two, she, she has a, her iPhone and she has a few different apps. One, Typorama, a brilliant app on how to create images. If you create any sort of visual content and you don't even want to use Canva, I find Canva, there's a learning curve still. I know they're trying to democratize design and stuff and I think what they're doing is great and I want to support an Australian startup, but I'm a little lazy and, uh, you know, me personally, I, I, I couldn't take Canva up as fast as I thought I could, but apps like Typorama or WordSwag, all you have to do, dude, is actually just type in like what the quote is or what the startup fact is or what the text is, and then you just choose the font. They've got like 30 or 40 fonts, and then you can just like randomize it and do different types, like, you know, the dis like different display or mixing it around different ways, and then literally, boom, you're done. You can watermark your image within those apps. So type Barama and WordSwag. And then off you go. You can create these beautifully clean-looking images. Um, so I've just, uh, I, you know, I've got a, a virtual assistant in the Philippines, and she's got a task that uh, she creates, like I think, fifty images a week for us, and she uploads them into a tool called Latergram. And Latergram is a brilliant tool because what it does is it pretty much is like a buffer but for Instagram, however, the only piece missing is you have to approve the post. So I've got push notifications on my phone. So she uploads it on Latergram on her computer. or And then on the Latergram app on my phone, I've got push notifications. So I get notified like every couple of hours. And, you know, we've just got a ton of images in there and I just approve whichever one that I want and then it's pre-filled by, so then you just press in Latergram, yep, I want to post this and you can pre-fill the caption and everything and then off off I go. Like I just choose an image that she's created I've liked and then I post it. And for the most part, uh, that's how we're doing it in terms of content creation. And another little trick is, you know, I know people might think, oh, you know, you post, you know, eight times a day, that's too much. Well, if you think about it, we're doing a lot of share for shares. So we're sharing other people's content. So if we're sharing other people's content, you know, that that's a great way to, to uh, I guess, lighten the load around how much content you're putting out. And, um, yeah, that's how we're doing it, man. So Typorama and WordSwag with Latergram and trading up someone in your team. Holy shit, this is gold, man. I think we gotta we gotta keep going here. Um, okay, <laughs> there's okay. so much good stuff. Um, all right, 
So, you know, you're obviously creating a ton of images. I mean, how often do you continue to refresh images until you decide that, okay, this is outdated, we should lay this to rest? Yeah, so I think, you know, in 12 weeks and beyond, you can probably reuse an image. And, you know, you use that those posts as a testing ground and always look for like the best performing images. When you do a share for share or you're using someone's image, the best practice is don't use any don't use any of those repost apps. They're really crappy. All you have to do is just screenshot the image and then tag that person. Um, you, you you can actually tag that person like you would tag someone in Facebook, like they're they like this is this is my friend, this is their name. So make sure you tag that person and mention them in the caption um, by linking back to them, and that's all you have to do. That's that's the standard practice for a share for share. You you screenshot the image, you post it, you you tag that person, and then you mention them in the caption. And you know you want to find those people that you're finding their images. Use their images as a testing ground for finding the best curated comment, uh, best curated. Uh, images or the best curated content. So look through and be like, okay, I can see that they get, you know, they've got a hundred thousand followers. I can, I can see that on average they're getting three thousand followers. But oh, here's an image that got four thousand two hundred uh, likes. Um, so yeah, on average they're getting three thousand likes. Here's here's an image that's got four thousand two hundred likes. Um, this resonates with me. I think our followers would like this. I can see that this one works really well. They've got a similar audience to me. So why wouldn't you post that image? So use your account as well as a testing ground so you can go back, you know, 12 weeks ago or eight weeks ago. And it comes down to how much content you're posting as well. So if you only post once a day, maybe you can't go back that far. But we go back, you know, eight to 12 weeks. And I'm like, okay, this was a really high-performing image image from our um, average engagement, and I'll repost that one. So I'm always testing to see the best-performing images. And that's something that's really, really helped our growth because people have said to us, uh, oh, you know, Nathan, you, you always like – or either, either Nathan or Founder, you guys have the best images. So – um, that's one of the ways that we're really striking and, and, and I guess playing on people's emotions to really hit what they really like because we're testing, we're using, letting other people test for us or testing our own stuff on what the best performing stuff is. And you can do that. Like these practices that I'm talking about, Eric, you can do this in, on other social media channels like Twitter, Facebook, you name it. Okay. All right. So you know, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at a lot of these entrepreneur images, and it's, it seems like um, obviously you have to give a, let's just say a library or maybe some links to your your virtual assistant to kind of say, okay, here's where you can get images from, and here's where you can get quotes from, right? Is that how it works? Yeah, 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 pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Is there? Um, okay. So what does the, and you don't have to go into too much detail here. I just want people to get get an idea of how that process looks. If you can go into just any detail. So. What's really cool about both of those apps that I just mentioned is they have built-in databases with with like hundreds of thousands of stock images. So that's that's the first piece of the puzzle. Um, so I've I've the first piece of the puzzle was I've said 
here's a list of accounts that are like, doing amazing stuff. Here's the images that we've created that I like. Here's, here's the apps that you can use. And let's do some test ones and show, keep coming back to me. And I want you to get to a stage where you're, you're, you're creating stuff that, that's of really high quality that, um, you know, we can post out. And it's kind of just, we've just gone, gone up and back around. Here's where you can get the images. Here's, here's some great looking images. And here's the process. So, you know, I use um, a tool called Sweet Process and it's brilliant for assigning uh, SOPs, standing standard operating procedures. And in that standard operating procedure, it's got like, you know, images, examples of images that we like and then where and the apps to use and then, you know, how often she needs to upload these images to Latergram. And then we just kind of take it from there. And I've just kind of in when I first trained her up, uh, we've just gone up and back quite a few times of the kind of images. And I've actually said uh, with the apps, which exact fonts that I want her to use, which are consistent. I've given her access to uh, the founder logos for the watermarking. And then also I've, I've shown her accounts that uh, are in our niche that, um, and I've got her to say, I've said, you know, find the high, like look at the average engagement and find the ones that are performing the highest and then uh, repost those and put them in Latergram too. And then, you know, obviously add um, where it came from in the caption and then I can take care of the rest. And then, yeah, that's pretty much what it looks like. Does that help? Yeah, that totally helps. Totally answers my totally answers my question. So that was gold. Um, one thing I want to touch upon is the the way your team is organized. I mean, you've managed to build this. Everything's been impressive across the board. So your, your team, I'm, I'm interested in how your team is organized. Oh, well, thank you, man. So we've got a, a hybrid team. So I uh, we've got a full time content market that just started with me a couple of months, like literally a couple of months ago. So we've got a full time content crafter and slash marketer that just helps me with all sorts of things and starting to help out with the magazine. And then we've got uh, contractors all around the world. So we've got a graphic design team an editorial team based out of Bangalore in India. And uh, Karan, he, he runs that team. He's our art director and he's amazing. You know, I've got to give props to um, his company, Enemus, and, they, and they're brilliant at design. And I've worked with Karan since the start. I've actually, I, you know, I just came back from the States and we traveled around together and I went to his wedding and we've become really great friends. So Karan's our art director We've got an editor for the magazine, Tate, who's in the States, in Boston. We've got a, 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 like you know, 10 to 20 freelance writers all around the world that are checking in with me and they give me content for not only the blog but the magazine. And then also we've got an AV guy who does all our audio video editing in Hungary uh, who's another contractor, and then we've got our web developer, who's another contractor who does all our web stuff, and he's a great graphic designer and does bits and pieces for us also. Then we've got a virtual assistant in the Philippines, and then we're looking to hire another virtual assistant plus uh, probably in the next four to six months a business development guy. So that's that's what the team currently looks like, and then there's me, and I just pretty much project manage everything. Um, so 
yeah, that's uh, pretty much where we're at. Awesome, man. Sounds like you built a, a well-oiled machine. So <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> Just a few more questions from my side. Um, tell us about one big struggle you faced while growing founder. I think the biggest struggle with any with any kind of I guess content house or publisher is building uh, building up that audience. Like it it, it was, it's never been build it and they will come or you know build it and it'll go viral. It's just been just long, hard slogs of being so extremely consistent and just shipping like product every single day, like whether it's a, you know a social media image, whether it's a blog post, whether it's the magazine, whether it's a podcast episode. Like you know, a lot of people try and get into this game of building a platform. You know, a platform that has a decent sized audience, whether it's in any kind of niche, when you produce a lot of content and you become a content powerhouse, even if you do it for four months, it takes so long, man. I think that's been uh, really difficult. Um, just It just takes time. You just got to be so extremely patient. You just got to be providing so much value that people just find your work because people are speaking about you and just just showing up every single day that that has definitely taken a lot longer than i planned but i'm a very patient person and you know i i'm i'm very hungry dude so i'm just constantly just relentless with just putting stuff out there and shipping i and hear then that the, and then the hardest the hardest thing the hardest part for me was around the time when I first started the magazine. It actually wasn't called Founder. It was called something else. And I was sued for trademark infringement. Um, I can't actually say who sued us, but it was one of the biggest uh, business magazines in the States. So that was a really tough time. But I'm just blessed that it happened early on in the piece. And also, the, I'm blessed the fact that uh, we changed the name because the new name founder is much better. What was going through your head when you, you know, when that uh, when they came after you? Uh, you know, it was just like, oh my god, am I gonna? Because it happened in the first four months, so I'm like, oh my god, is all my hard work gonna go to waste? Am I gonna go bankrupt? Because this is my first businessman. I knew no, I knew nothing about this kind of stuff. Um, I was really stressed and, uh, you know, it was a really traumatic experience. I can, I do not wish upon anybody for them to be served just randomly and you just don't know because it's like, especially with your first businessman, like you just don't expect that kind of stuff to happen. Like especially when you just, you know, create something and, and it's just like a passion project, just a side hustle and it's just like, yeah, it's it's a it's it's such a a, a weird feeling, um, but uh, yeah, it was a really like really um, tough time, man. But I'm I'm glad I went through it and I got some uh, very good lessons on uh, trademark trademark law, and I was lucky enough to have some really key mentors that uh, helped me through the process, and and it, it was it worked out fine, you know. I admire the persistence, man. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Bert. How do you structure your day? So I, as you know, um, 
I, I, I just, you know, I'm meeting up and networking with so many people. Uh, a lot of what I do is just catching up with people and learning from people that are killing it on in certain parts of of business or or our business, you know, certain areas that are that are really important. So I might be catching up with an SEO person or someone that's killing it. So I try and find leverage with that. Like, you know, I'll always try and serve first and ask later. But you know, I'm trying to find people that I can connect with and people reaching out to me. And so a lot of what I do is catching up with people. Um, every single day, I just look at my calendar. I'm like, what have I got going on? Uh, now that I've got my first, um, I guess, uh, full-time team member, you know, first thing I'm doing is, is jumping on Slack, checking in with him, looking at my email. I try and meditate if I can, you know, my day is pretty random, dude. Like I wish I could say I'm super structured, super organized, but you know, I look at my calendar, this is what I've got going on, uh, whether it's an interview or a catch up. And then I've got my, my little post-it note, my little yellow post-it note of things that I'm working on that are most pri- like highest priority. I check in with my, my team member on Slack and then, you know, I have a look at. I might have a look at his. I done this. I use I done this to keep us all accountable and and keep us both in check on what we're working on, and then um, yeah, just smash it out. I, I uh, I'll obviously do an Instagram post when I wake up, <laughs> um, and yeah, like it's just really random what I'm working on. It just comes down to what point of the month it's at. Like if we're at the middle of the month, we're shipping a new issue of the magazine. Whether it's the start of the month. Um, you know, we're, we're always working on something, um, whether it's, you know, content and I'm just overseeing a whole ton of different projects. Awesome, man. Impressive. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, everybody has their own methods of, of making it work. And I think that's what it takes to make a digital magazine work. So inter- it's always interesting to hear uh, people's responses to this question. Um, what is one must read book you'd recommend? Influenced by Robert Cialdini. That book uh, is is like I really like marketing, and that's a really really powerful book. And if not that, if you haven't started a business, I think you know I, I, your audience is is like people that look into marketing. So yeah, probably that one. Or yeah, I think if you haven't started a business, the Lean Startup. I really like that. Cool, great books. Um, also, I mean, you know, everyone make sure you better uh, better at least check out Founder Magazine. Um, it's super super cheap, and it's it's well worth it. Uh, and the content's exceptional. So. Nathan, what's the best way for people to find you online? Um, just go to foundermag.com, F-O-U-N-D-R, mag.com, or you can find us uh, on Twitter, foundermag, or you can contact me personally, uh, Nathan H. Chan on Twitter, or you can email me. I'd love to hear from you, Nathan at foundermag.com. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for doing this. You're welcome, man. Absolute pleasure. Hey, everyone. Just a quick heads up that we're giving away a ebook called 29 Growth Hacking Quick Wins. We co-authored this book with Matan Griffel of One Month, and it'll give you a solid base on where you can create growth ideas from. So all you need to do is text QUICK TIPS to 33444. That's the word QUICK, Q-U-I-C-K, and TIPS, T-I-P-S as in sugar, to 33444, and you get instant access. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.